What's up, NBA fans? Uh, he- uh, apology ahead of time. I forgot my microphone while traveling for Thanksgiving week, so I am recording on my AirPods right now, and the audio may not be the cleanest in the world, but I think it still it still works here because we wanted to really jump in and talk about the madness that was free agency this week. In combination of the draft, the trade, and free agency, we've seen some teams completely transform themselves, including the defending champions, the Lakers, uh, trading away pieces and bringing in new pieces and losing guys. And all of a sudden, the Phoenix Suns might be the real deal. The Atlanta Hawks might be the real deal. And some people just didn't make any moves, and some people lost some important key players. And this is our special free agency episode. We're going to cover the winners, losers, of the free agency and of course some of the teams that we're not really sure exactly what they're doing and what to think of them and some of them that are just you know frankly just not a not big deal so we'll we'll briefly mention them but we got to get started here on the, the first category which is winners of free agency but you know i think before we jump in i kind of forgot here sean is we have a special guest on our podcast for this episode we do yeah this this special uh thanksgiving week free agency madness episode we got my dad here on the podcast with us thanks sean and alan good to be back with you guys i think this is my uh second time and i i certainly enjoyed it the the first time and i look forward to doing it again with you guys yeah, we're always like having you. I mean, it's a special treat when we get to have you on, and you're our number one fan, obviously. And uh, we just we love talking basketball. Yeah, yeah. You know? no, I love it. I mean, uh, you know, I've I've probably been, you know, out of all your followers, I've, I, I'm guessing I might be uh, an NBA fan the longest. I think it's been over 50 years <laughs> now, and I never. Oof. I never get tired of it, and uh, that's great. It's it's definitely a real passion. I'm glad you guys took it up. As yeah. Well. Well, Oh yeah, you raised me. Well. <laughs> there's always a, and we don't actually have a studio, but if we did, there is always a seat uh, ready for you whenever you are ready to take it <laughs> to jump on and be a guest, of course. And uh, Sean, before we started recording, you actually sent me a picture that your dad is beyond well prepared for this podcast episode. He's got a textbook size <laughs> of notes with him, so man, we got we got ten pages of notes on all these free agents moves. He's got he's got bios on some of the draft picks. It's <laughs> It, it, it's quite the wonder to behold. It, it, it shocked me. It's like one of the first things I noticed. I was like, wow, that's a lot of pages. <laughs> well, if there's ever a college course on the 2019 or 20, 2020, 2021 NBA offseason, the book is ready to go. <laughs> you know who yeah. to go to. <laughs> Maybe we'll release it as a pro membership yeah. to our podcast. We could. Yeah, well, I, I had some extra time uh, this afternoon when Sean had mentioned uh, they're going to do the podcast, so I, I thought I'd maybe take 10, 15 minutes, and then once I got into it, <laughs> ended up being four or five hours. So. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. It's going to make for a great, great show. Yeah, you got to love it. You got to love it. So let's get started, then let's dive in here. Obviously, so I took a first crack at these, so obviously I'm going to have the number one team, I think, number one winner of this free agency. We're starting off with the winners category. I got to give it out to the LA Lakers and Rob Palenka here. Uh, the big headline is the LA Lakers managed to nab two of the top three six-man of the year finalists, including the six-man of the year, Montrez Harrell, two years, 19 million, using the full mid-level exception on him. Way out of left field came Montrez Harrell to sign with the Lakers, and they round out the roster with Marcus Saul bringing back Markeith Morris, Wesley, bringing Wesley Matthews, and of course a trade for Dennis Schroeder. 
And why not? Why not give KCP more than a one-year deal this time around? Let's commit. <laughs> and we he finally and we it. finally committed to KCP three-year, forty million dollar deal for KCP to stay with the Lakers. I mean, this is a guy who had his career best last year, thirty-eight percent shooting, including some big games against the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. So, if there was a guy we wanted back, it was probably KCP. But we didn't want to overpay him. But I, I think we found the right balance here. Uh, and obviously adding more juice to the to the roster and, and bringing Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell and uh, Marcus Saul here to round everything out. Uh, I, I'm excited about all these signings. I I see upgrades across the board uh, on this roster. No no real losses from from the guys that ended up leaving the team. Yeah, I, I can imagine you're very excited about these. <laughs> I think every Laker fan should. I mean, there's not really much to argue here. I think. With a lot of these championship teams, like they might want to sit on their laurels and be really happy with what they're able to accomplish. But the Lakers, man, they went out there and they punched free agency in the face. <laughs> this is this is a, a roster that somehow got better than a year where they won the championship. And I think that just goes to show kind of what championship culture can do for a roster. Because when you have these guys that people want to play with, you have really solid players that are willing to take way less money than they deserve to play on this team and, and go for a title run. Uh, we saw it with Golden State with guys like David West and a few others that were willing to take way less money to just play on that Warriors team. And now we're seeing it kind of with the Lakers here with Markeith Morris back on a minimum deal, Marcus Gasol on a minimum deal. And it's got the, the most highway robbery <laughs> of all the deals. Montrez Harrell, sixth man of the year. Not even making $10 million a year on this deal. It's just a crime amongst all humanity here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he essentially is making the exact same money per year basis as the Jay Crowder with the Suns with his new deal. So when you put it relatively in those terms, it it, it seems crazy. And uh, Rob Palenka working his magic here. Montrez Harold, I mean, must really love L.A., but must must have just not liked the L.A. Clipper Club. I'm not sure here, but I, I'm not going to – I don't want to investigate too much and kind of jinx this, but I, I'm glad to see Montres Harrell uh, on the roster. Of course, there's questions of whether his playoff impact is that strong. Marcus Saul, 36 years old, is he is he a little bit too old for this roster? Um, but regardless, I think when you – the the highlights of this team is Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And if you round out the role players better than what you had last year – I don't see any. I don't see why the Lakers are not a real contender here to and have a real shot at walking away uh, with the title again this coming year. I'm going to say it, John. I think I'm ready to commit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Dad? Do you agree with these points? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in, in some of the you know the the players that they got, you know, again starting with Montrez Harrell. Um, just incredible that he signed, you know, like you guys say, for so little money. I, I thought he'd be a 20, 20 million or maybe 15, 18, maybe 20 million a year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he took two years. Um, and then, you know, I will probably get to this later. But the thing that I can't figure out is they give Marcus Morris 64 million for two years. <laughs> four, years. Clipper, four years. Four years. Yeah. The Clippers keep him. Um, but decide uh, not to, to keep Montrez here. So there's obviously something deeper there that created that this whole move that I, I hopefully will come out later. It's not clear to me at all. It's still a little baffling. But from the Lakers' standpoint, like you guys are saying, I mean, just a tremendous, 
you know, uh, value that they got, uh, as well as getting Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, throw him, throwing him in there, yeah. like you said, they've got the two best six men. I'm so, I, you know, I'll probably read tomorrow that Lou Williams is there. With <laughs> oh, stop! <laughs> Don't do that to us. So it's it's you know what's kind of ironic though is if I remember back just a two or three years, the Lakers were having trouble getting free agents coming to LA. Um, for, you know, whatever the reason. And now that's gone 360 degrees. Now, you know, they're getting great free agencies. So all in all, you know, clearly, you know, in my mind, the biggest winner in the whole offseason so far is uh, is the Lakers. So, yeah, no no question. They've got to be the favorite again next year. Yeah, and I mean, cue shout-outs to Rob Palenka and Jeannie Buss. I mean, they are the two names, I think, that when you look at the course of the last 10 years for the Lakers, they're the two names that that now have control of the franchise. And since they've taken control of this franchise, it's it's been nothing but good news. I mean, I think the only thing Magic Johnson can keep with him is bringing LeBron James and how much credit he actually gets for that, I guess, is arguable. But Rob Palenka is delivering the Mm -hmm. title, rounding out this roster really well. And Jeannie Buss, you know, shouts out to her to for trusting Raw, making the right hire, and, and giving him the total keys to to the basketball side of things here. Yeah, and I think to your point earlier, Alan, about how some of these guys are older now, like talking about Marcus Gasol and Wesley Matthews past his prime. Like these guys don't need to be that much for this team. You know, they just need to be better than what they had last year, which they mm-hmm. are. So yeah, I think like Marcus Gasol, like is he better than Javale McGee? I definitely think so. Is Wesley Matthews better than Danny Green? Arguable, but I think from the defensive side, I think it's they're very close. And then from the shooting side, I, I think he's a little better even than Danny Green. So, yeah, I, I think yeah, all these moves prep them as the favorites. And I'm done talking about the Lakers. Let's move on. To the next <laughs> one, one big point that I just wanted to that I thought was interesting: quarter three percentages from last year. Kuzma fifty four percent, Schroeder fifty three percent, Wesley Matthews forty seven. Marquee forty three, KCP thirty nine. Whoa! Yeah, keep keep puffing <laughs> it up, man. Keep puffing they, it up. They still got to play it out, but I I I love the moves that were made. But another one here, a, a Pacific Division former rival of the Lakers is also coming up. The Phoenix Suns putting together their probably their best roster since I want to say two thousand ten. Like it's been a long time since this team has really pulled together something like this. And we got Chris Paul too. The Suns trading into the Chris Paul contract. That it's two years and forty-one uh, million in this year, and forty-four million next year. And of course, they bring Jay Crowder, Etwan Moore, re-sign Dario Saric, and really pair these four up against an already pretty uh, feisty young roster that they have with uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. The Phoenix Suns, I think, are are, are really climbing the charts, and, and you know we we've discussed already numerous times that this this addition and. I think with these free agents, it legitimately puts them in the race for the seventh and the eighth seed here. Yeah, I mean, when you have a guy like Chris Paul coming in with all that money that he's taking up on on your roster, it, it's kind of like, well, I mean, what else can you really get in free agency uh, with all that money locked up? And I think Jay Crowder is a great piece. I mean, obviously he's not that much of a needle mover for you, but you get him for ten million a year, which is, is a very modest deal. Um, this is a guy that was on a final, a team that made the finals mm-hmm. and played significant minutes for them and, and played really well. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to be a great option for this team. And you bring back Dario Saric on a very friendly deal, um, a guy that played really well for them at the stretch uh, in the bubble last year as well. 
uh, really key part of that team. So yeah, I, I like the moves they've made. I think Etuan Moore is a little bit of a, of a nice piece to have for a little bit of depth. I mean, he brought some good shooting and some good play to New Orleans for a few years there. So not a bad guy to have on your team. Definitely an NBA player. Um, so yeah, I, I think the Suns did solidify themselves as as make as very likely to get a playoff spot um, with the moves they made outside of Chris Paul even. Yeah, great combo of yeah, old I, and young here. Yeah, no, I I agree that that's that's the case with Chris Paul coming in with all those uh, young players as well as Jay Crowder. He's he's become kind of that crafty vet, um, very you know fine defensive player, a little streaky on the on the three point shooting as as we saw in the playoffs, but uh, certainly. Uh, He's a he's a strong player and and a good team guy. Um, also, you know they've got a, a number ten draft pick coming in, Jalen Smith. I did a little research on him, and I think he's going to be a great addition. Um, he's 6'10", 225 pounds, great shot blocker, rebounder, super athletic. I think with him and Aiton down low, um, that's also going to give them some additional power down there as well. Um, so. I think everything the Suns did um, this year, you know, it looks great. So I'm I'm excited to see if they can get into the playoff mix. Yeah, this would be pretty awesome to see. We could potentially see four Pacific Division teams in the playoffs, taking half of those Western Conference playoff spots just from the Pacific Division. It's pretty amazing. So it's not going to be five. You don't you don't believe in the Sacramento Kings? I don't think I believe much in the Sacramento Kings. No, I don't. And we should talk more about those a little bit later. But I think the Suns, yeah, for sure, seven and eighth. And I think we've talked about this in a previous episode. Sean is like, if the Suns want to make a big move, they essentially at this point the key the the hope for that lies in DeAndre Aiden and what kind of jump we see him make next yeah. year and the year after that. Um, because at this point, I think the Suns have solidified themselves a, a core of the team they're going to roll with for the next two years. And they're really banking on DeAndre Aiden and Devin Booker taking steps in their game. And that could potentially get the Suns talking into potentially a fourth and fifth seed. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, some people are even putting them in that conversation now. Now that Golden State's kind of more part of the pack now. And you don't really know what the Mavs are going to be without Porzingis. So the Suns could sneak into that four seed if, if they play as well as they did at the end of last season. But I still think they're more of a 7-8 team. Like Even with these free agent moves, it, it more solidifies that chance in my mind. Uh, but I still see them having to play in a play-in-tournament situation with the 7 through 10 seeds. I see that as well. Let's turn it east. So the Atlanta Hawks, um, a team with who's been, you know, they've had cap space the last few years. And this is the year they decided to finally capitalize on it and turn it into something because cap space, it's all nice and good to have, but it's essentially useless if you're not turning it into anything. And boy, the Atlanta Hawks came through stealing Bogdan Bogdanovic from the Milwaukee Bucks and the Sacramento Kings who just declined to, to match that offer. Four years, $72 million. He's officially Atlanta Hawk. So adding, and they also add Solomon Hill. They end up getting Dan, Daniel Gallinari here too. His three years, sixty-one million. Chris Dunn, Rondo. Uh, I mean, they just add a plethora of solid players already to the young core they have in John Collins and Trey Young, and of course they have the young, the young center out of USC uh, also as their draft pick. So this is a very crowded yet very versatile team, and. I'm not entirely sure what their rotations are going to look like, but they got pieces to play with. And 
in an Eastern Conference that seems to have gotten a slightly weaker, I think they have a real a real shot to to surprise surprise us this this coming year. I think. Yeah, what are your thoughts on the Hawks, Dad? Yeah, you know it's an interesting mix that they've uh, kind of assembled here. You know, when I, uh, you know, Danilo Gallinari, you know, he's got kind of a, a long history. You know, both with the Clippers and. Uh, you know, the key with him has always been injury. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's not injured, he's always been a very effective player. And, you know, we've seen over the last two years with Oklahoma and the Clippers, he's had really uh, great years, um, not only offensively, but I, I think in some of those playoffs, he showed he can play defense too. So, yeah. you know, clearly if he can, you know, maintain his, his health, which is always the key with, with him or almost any other player, I think he's going to be a great fit for this team. Um, I have a very good friend of mine that lives in Atlanta, and he was even telling me last year that, that you know, with Trey Young, um, uh, this team is really on the way up, and uh, you know, pretty excited about it. So I think with with the with that move, you know, same thing with Rondo. If he can stay healthy, he's a tremendous leader, you know, both on and off the floor. And you know, once the playoffs start, if they can make it there. Um, you know, he's going to be really the leader of that team. And, you know, just adding Bogdanovich, you know, after, you know, the deal with Milwaukee fell through, you know, they're putting some great pieces in that mix. It's it's a complicated mix, um, but if they can somehow put it together, um, I think they can be, you know, uh, certainly a playoff team. Um, I'm hoping they can get into that, you know, 7, 8, maybe even 6 seed if they overachieve. Yeah. And this is an interesting team, right? Because this Hawks team, I think last offseason, Alan, we were talking about how they maybe make that jump to be a playoff team this last season. Them and the Bulls were kind of our teams that we were looking at. Like, these are young guys that look like they could make that next step, and they both <laughs> sucked, right? Well, they lost John Collins so, for, for West Solid 25. Yeah, they lost John Collins, sure. But, like, even when they got mm-hmm. him back, it wasn't like they were winning very much at all. So... It's interesting. So you you go and you add what I think is probably the best that you could have done with what was available in this free agency class. Like Bogdanovich was a great get for them. Um, that's huge depth for them in the guard position. Gallinari, uh, I think, is pretty good. Uh, it's quite a long deal for for a guy of his age with with the injury concerns, like you mentioned, Dad. Um, I think Chris Dunn and Rondo are, are great too. Um, some veteran presence to help out with with Trey Young in the backcourt. They basically added a whole nother mm-hmm. team to their roster, right? Like th- this is this could constitute a whole nother team in and of itself if you add in Onyeko Conwa too. But this, like, I think kind of like you were saying, Dad, like it doesn't really make sense where it all fits. Yeah, because it's like I was actually reading a tweet that said that the GM uh, of Atlanta said that Gallinari was brought in to back up John Collins. Hmm. So you're telling me that you paid this man $20 million for three years to back up someone? <laughs> and you have Montrez Harrell out there making $9 million? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So it's like, yeah. they're like, okay, we got these guys because we had all this money and we didn't know what to do with. And we probably overpaid them, to be honest. But now it's up to Lloyd Pierce, who really is, doesn't have that much head coaching experience, to figure out how this roster even gels together. So they've got a lot of pieces. Can you do anything with it is the problem. So, like, did they win? Are they a winner of free agency? I'd say, sure. 
because they won the 2020 free agency, but did you give yourself any flexibility for what's supposed to be a way better free agency period next year? You didn't. You have no. You you get nobody next year. And what you could have signed like an actual max player that could really move the needle for you. But if Bogdanovich is your is your crown jewel, I, I don't really think that that's that exciting. Well, t- typically Atlanta over you know many years, um, they haven't been that that good, and they've yeah. had trouble getting free agents. So I think just you know you're right; these aren't the greatest free agents, and and they overpaid. But just to come to Atlanta, you get a guy like Gallinari, a guy like Bogdanovich. Um, you know, that's a step in the right direction. And, and I think <laughs> this rotation uh, transition is going to be very difficult. And it's probably going to take a good part of the season for them to figure that out. But once they do, I think they're, you know, they're going to be okay. But I mm-hmm. don't know for sure. It's a, like you say, it's a tough one. It's a tough fit. Yeah, I could see this playing out in, in there being some big trade deadline trade. And I think for the same reason that they struggled to, to get free agents. So perhaps some of these pieces, the thinking is to try to flip them for, for something else or something that is actually needed once, once the season starts playing out. And I think you've got some good pieces here who are good trade material. Chris Dunn has a pretty, pretty tradable contract. Clint Capella is a pretty tradable asset at this point as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting, and I, I don't. I, the reason I put them as a winner is essentially because in the free agency context, they won. They got a lot of yeah. yeah they won this they free got, agency. They got, they got right? a lot yeah. of the cool looking marbles out of the pile. But now the question <laughs> is, like, how, can you play with those? You know, those cool looking marbles. Is it exactly what you needed? Yeah. Uh, and, and and that's I think that's that's what we're going what we're going to see here, and it's going to be crowded, yeah. and it's going to be. Uh, I maybe we'll see some headlines that have come out of Atlanta. I mean, that's not really quite the yeah. the headline NBA team in terms of drama, but <laughs> maybe this year will be a little different. It's kind of yeah, it is crazy that this this is gonna be like a ten eleven man roster mm-hmm. deep lineup where it's like eleven guys are gonna want minutes on this team. So that's gonna be hard to balance to, especially if you're talking about playoffs when a lot of teams go down to like an eight man rotation. Right. It's like, who's right. not going to play? <laughs> yeah. Chris Dunn, I guess. But, like, who else? <laughs> yeah, it might take them the whole season to get out. <laughs> yeah. Not by that point, are they even yeah. in the playoffs? I, yeah. I don't know. That's the thing. That, that's what I'm worried about. But, like, did they win by getting nice-looking marbles? Yeah, <laughs> yes, sure. that, that is the context I, I basically put it under. But, yeah. And I think one other <laughs> note here is Rondo, two years, 15 million. Man, that man got the bag. After two years of under underwhelming salaries, I think I'm sure he felt he needed more, but he he got his yeah. money. That's what the championship does for you, man. I mean, look at KCP with that three year forty million. Yeah. Deal. So uh, another winner here is the Blazers. So I feel like the Blazers didn't quite make a lot of headlines in terms of one of the most talked about teams, but I think they they made some small incremental moves here to to fill some holes that they had uh, in the playoffs this year. Uh, getting Robert Covington, trading into his two-year, twenty-four million deal that he still has left. Uh, getting right. Derek Jones Jr., a young, young asset from Miami Heat, taking him two years, nineteen millions. This is a guy who's quoted as saying he hopes to be named Defensive Player of the Year in the future. So very defensive-minded, <laughs> nice. versatile wing, and, and <laughs> you know, dunk champion. Maybe that means something. They bring back Ennis Cantor, Harry Giles signs, Rodney Hood resigns, and of course they resign. Carmelo Anthony, a favorite of the podcast. <laughs> Your favorite. 
<laughs> yeah, I liked everything except. <laughs> you don't think he deserved to come back? He did okay last uh, year. Yeah, he deserved it. He's a Hall of Famer. Already. Yeah, I, I think. Wow, that's a, that's a lot for you to admit yeah. right there. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, if you if you strictly look at uh, scoring the ball, the man's definitely a Hall of Famer. If you look at any other criteria, <laughs> uh, winning, <laughs> making your other team better, leading. Um, it's not, you know, that's an, that's for another day. Clean cut, straight to the point. I like it. Yeah. Is the Derek Derek Jones Jr. getting this two year nineteen million? Can we start calling that the Montrez Harrell contract? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> it's just absurd. We have to compare every guy that gets a two year nineteen million dollar contract to Montrez Harrell from yeah. now on. And it's like, is Derek Jones Jr. as good as Montrez Harrell? No, but you know, Derek Jones Jr. Um, I think was really underutilized over at Miami. I mean, I, I saw him before, um, you know, in more in the regular season, the few games that I did see in Miami, and he's got a lot of great skills. I mean, obviously he's super athletic, as Alan mentioned. He's yeah. a slam dunk uh, champion. Um, he's got a nice, you know, round-the-basket game. He's definitely not a, an outside three-point threat, but, boy, he's tremendous uh, skills in terms of what he can do around the basket. So I think, you know, we didn't see him much, him get used much uh, in the playoffs in Miami, yeah. which actually surprised me a little bit because mm-hmm. when I saw him play in the regular season, I was quite impressed. So uh, this could be a good fresh start for him to get with a team that maybe he can earn some, some more playing time and really show what he can do. So I really, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's going to be a, a pretty impressive player. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the Ennis Cantor move, honestly. Ennis Cantor, I feel like, had one of the best moments of his career when he was playing with that bum <laughs> shoulder in the playoffs. What was that, like three years ago for yeah. Portland? And they yeah. they made it all the way to the conference finals back then. And, man, that yeah, he's a tough dude. I think he loved playing for Portland. I think them bringing him back, like he's just going to instantly be able to mesh into that team they have there because they haven't really changed that much, if we're being honest. and. Yeah, I, I like the move for them there. And then oh, Rodney Hood's a decent score uh, off the bench. I think he adds a little bit of a punch. But, yeah, Robert Covington is the big move. And I, I think we covered this last week, Alan, but, like, just talking about incremental moves to make your team better, I think the Blazers really nailed that with really not having a lot of flexibility. Um, they were able to really make the moves to improve their team and, and not fall behind in the Western Conference arms. Yeah, race. and they gave nothing for Robert Covington. Trevor Ariza, but Trevor Ariza was yeah, you don't, yeah. <laughs> was not in the rotation. Yeah. <laughs> so getting him getting him to Portland is a huge move. Again, they covered I think what was essentially their biggest weakness uh when in the playoffs against the Lakers. They they can score. That's not a problem, but they just cannot defend. They don't have any <laughs> strong wing defenders, nobody to match up with anybody. So Getting LeBron, yeah, specifically. LeBron specifically, yes, <laughs> and any versatile wing. So getting Covington, Derek Juniors, guys who you can theoretically play two, th- two to four, uh, maybe even a super small lineup when you put them in the five if you want to go that far. But you know, this is a team that's still oh no, Houston Rockets. Yeah, I don't think they need to. And they have Zach Collins coming back, and they have Nurkic still there. So I don't, I don't. Mm-hmm. This this team essentially just did what they needed to do and added versatile twos, versatile threes, and the versatile versatile fours. And Harry Giles, you know, it's interesting. He's a young guy, didn't really fit in in Sacramento. Um, he was a he was a twentieth round pick back two years ago. So there's still potential, which is something that they didn't really have on their roster. Was some more young guys who who could potentially have further upside. 
and they had one of those guys in Harry Giles and, and of course, Derek Jones Jr. So an upgrade in, in that sense as well for this team. Yeah, I like it. I'm a fan of Portland. I'm glad that they're staying. Yeah, right. and with again with the Warriors dropping, the Blazers move up, I think, and and where they could potentially finish next year. Um, so they're probably in that in that pack again. So this next team, Eastern Conference, the Hornets. I, I you know, I was debating whether to put them in this category. So <laughs> I, I can. It's the same argument as the Hawks, right? Same argument as the yeah, Hawks. For me, it's they got the Biambo contract is finally over. Brought him back. They resigned him <laughs> for an actual fair value deal. And <laughs> wow, fancy that! They got their guy. They got their guy, Hayward. I mean, this is a franchise that struggles to get free agents, but they got their guy. Did they overpay him? Probably. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> but they got their guy, and they have Lamella Ball. So cultural relevancy might be possible for the Charlotte Hornets because this is a team that at times you forget is an actual franchise in the NBA, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so so crazy to think about, too, because this is a team owned by Michael Jordan, right? Like, how do we forget about this team? But he's not not the same owner as he was a player. But, yeah, I think really Gordon Hayward was the only move for them, but I guess you count them as a winner because this was probably the best player in free agency this this mm-hmm. year and you, and you pay it you pay him at least that way i mean four years 120 million dollars for a guy that's past 30 years old for a guy that is of questionable if he's ever gonna be back to his, what he was in his prime like that's what you paid him is what boston basically paid him when he was in his prime and obviously we know how that transpired after that all the injuries and coming off the bench and just not fitting into the lineup and and now he, he got a fresh new start here, fresh new deal. Um, they're somehow able to attract him to Charlotte, I guess, just with money. Because <laughs> I, I feel like I, I saw reports that Boston was offering him four years, $100 million. Indiana was offering him something similar. These are much more competitive teams. And I don't know if $20 million moves the needle or maybe he thought he'd get a larger role on Charlotte, but they, they landed him either way. Yeah, um, you know, obviously – Gordon Haywood is is the big name so far, um, and I'm a I'm a big fan of Gordon Haywood, especially when it was with Utah. You know, clearly the the big injury um, has really you know taken him down a, a notch, and I think it's a good opportunity for him to kind of get a fresh start. You know, maybe in answer to your uh, question, Sean, maybe he picked Charlotte because it would maybe be a similar role to where he had at, at Utah, where he was mm-hmm. the main guy. He wasn't going to be the main guy at Boston, especially yeah. now. Maybe when he was first going over there, but with Tatum and and everyone else over there, you know, this is his chance to try to refresh that Utah experience. You yeah. know, money aside, I mean, I, I don't think anyone would argue that the the money is is pretty crazy. But hey, we're not. Paying <laughs> that, but, um, uh, you know, what I find is an interesting, you know, with the Lamelo uh, Ball signing, you know, I, I, in the research I've done on Lamelo, I haven't seen him play a lot, but the, the player that they most compare him with, uh, which I thought was kind of funny, was Metalark Lemon, who was, uh, you know, with the Harlem Globetrotters. I don't know if you guys are, uh, remember Metalark, but <laughs> Metalark was... Globetrotters roster. Metalark, you know, this this is uh, showing my age, my 50 oh, years. Right. I love the culture. Yeah. Uh, if he, if you get a chance, you know, look at some film. Metalark Lemmer, Lemon was nicknamed was the Crown Prince of Basketball, <laughs> and 
you really have to see it. He could do anything with a basketball, as flashy as he can be, and probably one of the most skilled players who's ever lived. Um, that's who they compared him with because LaMelo Ball was flashy. Compare that with Gordon Haywood, who's probably the least flashiest <laughs> player yeah. who's ever lived. So it'll be an interesting dynamic, you know, if those are the two stars of the team um, at some point, you know, to see how they fit together. So I think it'll be good that hopefully Gordon Haywood can kind of get control of him a little bit and, and uh, you know, uh, he'll be where he'll be an effective player. So anyway, your homework is to check out Metal Lark Lemon. <laughs> yes, Metal Lark Will Lemon. do. And then on the point on the money, I mean, one thing to also know is uh, $20 million in Charlotte gets you further than $20 million in Boston. <laughs> yeah, a lot, lot cheaper property and uh, everything. Yeah, there. exactly. Who knows it? But that's true. But you know, yeah. I still added them as a winner for that reason. But does this push them into the playoffs? Let's let's ask that question really quick. Does this push them into a playoff spot? I don't know why, but I want to say no. But I feel like it, it it puts them right there in the running. But I don't see them. I don't see them. It, it's funny because it's like obviously. Like, one through six in the East is great, and then seven and eight are up for grabs for literally anybody except for the Cavs and the Knicks. <laughs> True. So, uh, does that give them a slightly better chance to get that? I think so. I mean, they actually ended up the nine seed because Washington was so bad in the bubble. They lost <laughs> eight straight and ended up as the ten seed. Well, I think, you know, the answer there obviously is with Hay- Hayward. If he can come back to some semblance of what he was, which, you know, to be honest, I think that's going to be difficult, you know, to to come back from the kind of injury. I, I think he's doing the best he can, but I just don't think he'll ever be the same again, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope I'm wrong. So I think if he can, and I'm, I'm certainly rooting for him, I think, you know, if, if Ball can play a little bit under control and, and play to his skills, I, I think they have a good shot. They're a very interesting team. So I, I certainly would like to see them uh, do well as well. Gordon Hayward over under 20 points a game this year. Under. I'm going under. I think if he stays healthy, I think if he stays healthy, he'd be over. He's going to okay. get a lot more. I think he's going to be told to be a lot more aggressive. He was pretty passive with Boston after he came back. And, you know, yeah. just because they certainly have a lot more options with with Charlotte, I don't think you have that. So I think he's going to be asked to, to be a lot more aggressive. So I, I'm saying over. I, I will hope over, but I'm going under. Yeah, I'm going under. But, however, I have made a couple bets on this team and guys on this team, and I've ended up wrong on all of them. So <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne Bacon. Dwayne Bacon, Terry Roy, the, the over and under on Terry Roy's ear. He, he, he was yeah, well yeah. over what I thought he was going to be. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Maybe this, this is third time's a charm. Uh, but st- yeah, staying yeah. on the Eastern Conference, we're going to the 76ers. I think, um, honestly, I probably should have put these guys a little bit higher as opposed to this last place in terms of winners. Uh, I think they made some great moves. They got out of that all Horford contract again. I think we talked about it a lot last episode. I still think it is the worst, one of the worst contracts I've ever seen, ever. <laughs> and they, they got out of it and managed to get out of it while making their team better at the exact same time. Adding Danny, Danny Green and Seth Curry, uh, not giving up their stars, and adding Dwight Howard who just won an NBA champion and showed that he can be effective in spurts and he can be a good tactical piece to come off the bench in certain playoff matchups. Uh, and this team looks like a well more balanced team it looks like a team that was put together by a general manager a real general manager not someone who 
wants to swing for the fences like El- Elton Brand. And, and we've talked about that a lot. It's incremental wins. Is Elton Brand now a puppet GM and Daryl Moore is the real GM? Is that is that what you're insinuating? I feel like that might be the case. It has to be. It just has to be. <laughs> Interesting. How do you feel about Dwight Howard pulling a fast one on you, man? I, don't, I just don't. Do you feel hurt or are you just like, see you later? I, I, was, I was hurt. I was hurt. I'm not going to lie because I thought if Dwight Howard leaves the market, then who are we going to get? There's no way we can roll with JaVale McGee starting and no true backup to him. And, you know, now it seems hindsight 2020, that gave us enough room, wiggle room to get Marcus Saul. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Dwight Howard got his money and he's getting himself a solid or you know rotation spot with the 76ers it looks so you know i think i think uh, it looks like it's happy on all sides yeah well the the thing i was trying to figure out um you know i saw some posts about the dwight howard going to philadelphia and some people say well he's just going for the contract but then i looked at the contract it's just the veterans minimum so oh. that couldn't it was only for i think 2.3 million so you know you know, unless I'm missing something, it wasn't money. So the only other thing I was thinking, I think Alan, you know, referred to was, you know, maybe knowing that he's going to get more playing time was motivation. Although at this point of his career, I didn't think that was a, a huge motivator. But um, so I, I was a little puzzled at, mm-hmm. at, at his motivation for moving to Philadelphia over the Lakers. But um, so I don't know what you guys... Yeah, I think the only other theory that I've seen, and I think this one makes a lot of sense, is this is kind of the Montrez Harrell route of this team wanted me the most, so I want to play for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he said Doc Rivers was the first one and really only coach to reach out to him saying, I want you on my team. And I, that might have just been enough for Dwight Howard to be like, okay, sure, I'll play for the Sixers. They're still a contender, and I'll play for them, and I'll play for a coach that actually wants to use me. Yeah, well, he uh, Detroit Howard has been known as quite a sensitive guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah and I think the detail here is also like after this Dwight Howard signing was announced, not long after that, Montrez Harrell was announced. So I think the Lakers probably had their attention turned towards the Harrell, so yeah. finalizing the Harrell like signing. If they're going to get Harrell, they don't care if Dwight Howard shows up or not. Exactly. I mean, it's prioritization, yeah. And, and yeah, 76ers got the best there, I think, by showing more care. But I think we ended up rounding out with Marcus Saul. No, no, no tears lost there, I think. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But yeah. let's go. We'll swing it back unless there's any winners you think that some notable mention. Yeah. Is there any other winners you think we missed? Uh, I think we captured the main winners. Mentions. Yeah. Um, I, I will. I will. I, I will throw one more in there, and you guys can you know certainly disagree. I, I do like um, you know obviously with the Clay Thompson issue, that's a terrible thing to happen. But yeah. you know taking that out of it, I like what Golden State has done. Um, hmm. You know the James Wiseman, not a free agent, but uh, you know I think he's got unlimited potential. You know he's only played three games in college, so yeah. I think the key thing with him will be we don't really know what this guy's about yet because he hasn't played. But I like that, and um, you know getting Kelly Oubre, you know again another fresh start for him. He's kind of Mister Fresh Start guy. Yeah. Uh, where he went to Phoenix, and I think did that. They picked up Brad Wanamaker, who I think is you know. A very good player. I don't think many people know that much about him, but of what I saw, uh, he's a very uh, effective player with Boston in you know both as a two-way player. So, 
Um, I really like the things that um, that they did. Uh, Nico Mannion, who didn't get picked till 48th, he's had a lot of big hype. He's a huge high school star. Uh, went to Arizona for a year. Um, they picked him 48th. He was suspected to go, and some people had him, I think, as high as 8 or 10. Wow. So, um, you know, I, I like what they did. Obviously, with the, with the again, with the Clay Thompson, that's kind of the, the big news. But if you take that out, I think they have the potential with what they've got. And they really didn't give up anybody. Literally nothing. So, yeah. I, I, you know, are, are they a big winner? No, but I think the potential, um, you know, Wiseman, he only played three games, but he averaged 20 points, 11 rebounds, and shot 77% in those three games. <laughs> That's so, okay. <laughs> um, I think his upside is tremendous. It might take a, a year a year or two to see anything, but I really like what Golden State did, and um be interesting to see, uh, you know, what happens. Yeah. yeah, no, I think those are great points. I mean... Yeah, just because they lost Clay Thompson doesn't mean they couldn't win in free agency. And I think they did do that by trying to just get as many good players as they could to fill the void. I, I think Kelly Oubre is a great piece. James Wiseman is going to do something. He's going to have to have more of a role on this team now that Clay Thompson's hurt. Uh, and yeah, I think I think the moves that they made do speak to them like actually wanting to try to win right now. Yeah, I think everyone's, you know, with Thompson going down, I think everyone's kind of pushing him down on the playoff poll, yeah. you know, which is legitimate. I, I think that's a huge piece that you're not going to have, but uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Yeah, and I think one final note on the Warriors there is they were just granted the injury exception request, so they get an extra $9 million uh, exception to potentially sign another free agent. Oh. I'm not sure who else is out there on the market, but... That is, that is one big thing. I'm sure there's a few good guys left. I haven't looked at the list, but I'm sure you could find someone that's like a good NBA player still. You have to use that in a trade uh, to potentially bring back a contract there. So mm-hmm. the Warriors are still not done running yeah. out their, their roster, so we'll see what else they can do. But let's turn it over to the losers of free agency where there are winners, <laughs> there are losers. And I'm going to start with this one because I really like this one. I ca- I put the Boston Celtics as <laughs> yep. one of the losers of free agency. Yep. <laughs> it is now the second year Huge. in a row where they lose a key piece of their rotation. Uh, first, obviously, last year, Kyrie Irving, and this year you lose Gordon Hayward, and you don't get any real replacement for him. Uh, the only notable signing they bring along is Tristan Thompson. So all of a sudden, things are looking really bleak for Danny Ainge and the bucket of assets and the number of years we've now been hearing that the Boston Celtics are good, are on the verge of making a big move, big move. And this, the big moves are happening on the opposite in the opposite way. I think like they're losing players. Obviously they bring Jason Tatum, but still in a free agency context, losing Hayward, I think is big and not really bringing any true replacement. And I think is a loss for the, for the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on this. I think, the Celtics were just way too greedy trying to shop Hayward around on a sign and trade. I saw that one of I can't remember if this was confirmed or not, but one reporter was saying that Indiana was offering a first round pick to the Celtics to sign and trade Gordon Hayward, and they turned it down because they were looking for immediate players to add to their roster. And so they end up with nothing. Yeah. And you hear these things that they're trying to still work something out of a sign and trade with the Hornets where they maybe try to help them get rid of Nick Batum's contract rather than them having to stretch and wave it. So maybe they'll still get something from it. But as it stands right now, yeah, they totally lost. They didn't replace him with anybody. 
Um, so they just they got net worse. <laughs> honestly, I mean, Jason Tatum will improve because he's going to be a superstar in this league if if you don't already think he is already. But other than that, yeah, they're, like they're not keeping up with the rest. Yeah, of the they. Well, Tristan Thompson did get the Montrez. <laughs> oh, he got the Montrez <laughs> <Yeah>. contract. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Montrez Harrell and Tristan Thompson in the same I sentence. I think he got oh. the the, tw- the two year twenty million. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, and when we look, yeah, and when we look at the Celtics uh, depth chart, like they still have a weak two guard spot that they haven't really solved for. So they're still going to roll basically with the same five man rotation, ex- except Gordon Hayward of Kemba, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum there, and Tristan Thompson at the at the five, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, Daniel Tice is still there, so Thompson will be the backup. But like, that's not a yeah. I'm, not I'm excited. I about still it. like Boston. I mean, if you look at that core, you know they've they've obviously rewarded uh, Tatum with a tremendous contract. They they still have everyone else. You know, losing Haywood obviously is significant. But I just I'm looking, you know, at what they're probably thinking. They're probably thinking he just wasn't fitting anymore. You know, since the injury, he had uh, some some good games, but it just wasn't. He just didn't seem like he fit in with that group, to be honest. And I think that may be one of the reasons he wants, again, to go to a, a team yeah. where he can get that fresh start and he could be the guy again. He he's not he was never going to be the guy at Boston after what's happened. So I don't know. I, I Yeah, did, was it not a great offseason so far? Definitely. But I don't know that it'll really affect their win-loss that much with that core still in place. Yeah, probably not. I, I think so. But, yeah. They probably will. St- we'll probably still see them as a as a top top four seed in the Eastern Conference. Still that tier one, tier two team in the East. Um, moving from there, shifting gears to the West, the Denver Nuggets, a team that was pretty close to making the NBA Finals, just does not did not did not seal the deal with Jeremy Grant. And from what I from what I'm reading, it's not because of money. It looks like Grant just did, was not looking for the role that the Denver Nuggets were willing to give him. He was looking to be. Uh, he was looking to be the man. Looking to be a potent, put, put himself in a position where he can put up all star numbers, and he got that in with Detroit. But on the flip side, the Nuggets don't get and don't really get anybody to replace Grant. They made the, the signing for Jamichael Green, and they bring back Paul Millsap. But I mean, they also lose Mason Plumlee, and these two guys, especially Jeremy Grant, was huge in the playoffs. I think for the Denver Nuggets, definitely caused the Lakers a big headache. A bunch of times he was he he matched up well against Davis, matched up well against LeBron, and also just caused trouble for any other any other wing that the Lakers threw at him. And I know on the Clippers side he was also all over the place there with that team. <laughs> yeah, I will say that yes, losing Jeremiah Grant was a big loss for the Nuggets. Obviously, they'd love to have him, but he really only shined in the playoffs and he really only shined in the playoffs because Will Barton was hurt. That's true. Good point. If Will Barton was, was not hurt and mm-hmm. he was the starter. Jeremiah Grant would still be in a very minimal bench role on this team. So I don't really feel like they lost that much in him leaving. And they bring in a guy in J. Michael Green, who I think the Clippers criminally underused last year because mm-hmm. of Marcus Morris being there. <laughs> right. And this is a guy I lo- I would pay Jim Michael Green four years sixty four million way before I pay Marcus Morris, but that's another story. Yeah, Sean, uh, you know <laughs> that's funny. To me. I remember he would always be texting me during uh, the Clipper playoff games, and he's saying, "Why don't they get Jim Michael Green in there and get Marcus Morris out of the game?" He uh, he, uh, you know, and I agree. Jim Michael Green was a lot more solid performer, I thought. 
He's a better uh, three-point shooter. He's a better defender. It's yeah. like, that's what you signed Marcus Morris to do. He doesn't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, totally, totally agree with, with you guys. Um, you know, the the one thing I will say about Jeremy Grant, I mean, maybe because Will Barton was injured, it gave him that chance. And boy, did he shine. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> and look at the reward. I mean, it just shows you when you have, even though it was just the playoffs, he went to Detroit and got a huge contract for, you know, for that type of performance. So, um, you know, good for him. Um, and then the other pe- people would say, well, he's going to Detroit, but they're so bad anyway, so he's not really going to make any difference over there. But, nope. you know, they also lost Mason Plumley, and, you know, certainly not a glamorous player, but, boy, he, he uh, you know, was pretty solid. Um, you know, he held his own, and they lost Tory Craig. Mm-hmm. Tory Craig, that's right. Box, and uh, mm-hmm. Tory Craig, solid guy. You know, he's not going to score double figures that much, but solid defender. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. You know, the Nuggets really, I think, took a, a big loss with everyone that they had to give up and, you know, uh, no question about it. Yeah. They traded in essentially some of these young versatile wings that they had and Tory Craig and Jerry Grant and flipped them for Jermichael Green and another year of Paul Millsap, which I don't think is bad, but I think it's, it's just a small loss that might, <laughs> that might cost them a game in the playoffs. I think maybe. Yeah. It's a value contract. I mean, he's only making a ten million dollars, not the thirty million he was before. I thought it was kind of interesting, though. They they brought in free agency a player from Argentina um, who plays on the Real Madrid and Spain team called Facundo Campazzo, five um, eleven point guard. He's been playing pro for about ten years, twenty nine years old, and he's won multiple championships over in Europe. He's won some MVPs, All-Stars. So I don't think anyone's ever heard of this guy, but for some reason they brought this guy in as, as a point guard. Hmm. So, you know, um, we'll see how he does. Uh, obviously yeah. a very talented point guard with tons of international experience. And, um, you know, I don't think anyone knows anything or ever seen him play, but I guess we'll get a chance. Yeah, if there's any team that loves these international or these guys who are underrated, it's uh, it's the Denver Nuggets with Jam- Jamal Murray, Joe Kick, Michael Porter Jr. to name a few on their roster. Bull Bull, so <laughs> they love them. But how about the Milwaukee Bucks? And you know, I'm not sure if they're truly a loser of free agency. I feel like they're more like just kind of stayed the same. But I decided to put them here because they totally did lose and they lost their their efforts in acquiring uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic. Yeah, I mean, I can see that argument, but I I really think the Bucks free agency hinges on Giannis's decision, which we haven't gotten mm-hmm. yet. If he signs the supermax, I think it's a huge win for the Bucks. Oh, yeah. They lock themselves into being a contender for the next five years, and if he doesn't, then yeah, they're the biggest losers of free agency, and they're going to start tanking everything <laughs> because they're like, oh, we got to get something for Giannis, but. Honestly, like if Giannis resigns, you have Drew Holiday, who is a playoff performer. Like this guy games up for the playoffs. I think DJ Augustine's a good backup to him, and like we just mentioned, Tory Craig on that team now. I honestly don't think that they're losers yet. Uh, I I wouldn't put them in that category. Yeah, I, I kind of saw this a little bit with Allen. I, this to me is a little bit neutral. Um, you know, certainly Drew Holiday is a, a fantastic player, and I think he'll be a great fit in Milwaukee or, or any team for that matter. Oh, yeah. Great uh, you know, he's, he's definitely an upgrade from Eric Bledsoe. Um, you know, George Hill is interesting. You know, again, not one of those glamorous guys, 
but just solid and solid you know, three point shooter. Three pointing. I think he actually. I don't know if he led the I league. I think he in led the league yeah. in three point shooting. Yeah. So you know they lose both Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and Wesley Matthews, and they pick up basically Drew Holiday. Um, you know, to me, at best, that's neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think to Sean's point, you know, they have, they're trying anything they can to, to get Giannis <laughs> yeah. to, to stay. So will that be enough? Um, I don't know. Um, to me, if I look at it, it's not enough because with the Bogdanovich deal falling through, that, that's, a, that's a big one. So I don't think they've done enough yet to keep Giannis, but um, yeah, we'll see. I think I agree with that as well. Uh, the Bogdanovich deal falling through is, was, was kind of a blow. Um, but I think moving on from there to Indiana, no upgrades to the roster, and they lose out on the Gordon Hayward race. Period. I think <laughs> not much happening here for Indiana. I mean, it sucks. But like, did we really? What? Like, how certain was, was this? At like Bogdan Bogdanovich levels of we thought he was going to the Pacers. I I feel like Indiana is more of just a nothing <laughs> to me. You know. I get. Are they losers by doing nothing? Is that is that kind of? I think so. Here? Just because they were so close to put, you know, they're right there in the race between between yeah. potentially going tier one or and they're tier two potentially going tier one. They just need a couple upgrades and they couldn't get those. Uh, and they looked like they were in the yeah. race to make that make a move like that. And that was Hayward, and they ended up striking out on that. Yeah, I think if I'm Indiana, I'm at least just happy that the Odolipo trade rumors were yeah. true. <laughs> True. Yeah. Anything else there? No, yeah. I, I agree. I, yeah, I just didn't, you know, with with Indiana, just not much there, and no activity yeah. really. And you know, it would have been great if they got Haywood, but you know, maybe they sell save themselves a ton of money. At some yeah, point. right. <laughs> that remains to be seen. If Haywood can again come back and be the the player we're, we're all remember, then you know, not good. But if if they don't, then they'll they'll probably be happy about it. Yeah, I think the Pacers benefit too. Like a lot of the East Conference teams that got better are on the lower mm-hmm. end of the Eastern Conference, whereas like really the only teams that made big moves were what the Sixers, and I guess you bring the Nets back into the picture not because of free agency, just because they'll get their stars back. Like Boston didn't do anything. We're arguing that the Bucks didn't really do anything. The Celtics didn't do anything. Raptors. The Heat didn't really do anything raptors didn't do anything if i'm the pacer like yeah like we didn't get anything but i don't feel like we lost ground Mm -hmm. honestly i guess good point good point yeah one thing also one thing also with the sixers i i heard a a rumor today and i I know sean will like this Uh that there's some possible deal brewing maybe later once the season starts to kind of bring austin rivers to philadelphia to Get him with his dad and his former general manager, Houston Moray. So he's on the Knicks now, though. Right, but they're thinking that they would trade for Austin Rivers, oh, bring him over God. to Philadelphia, <laughs> where he can reunite with his dad oh. and his general manager. So that, that's the rumor. I don't that know. That sounds if it's like true. A, that sounds like an Elton Brand. Yeah. But, we blame uh, all the bad moves on Elton Brand and all the good ones. I on actually was going to put the Knicks on the win list. Uh, I know Sean would appreciate that <laughs> just because of that Austin that. Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> I the know. Knicks are big losers every year. <laughs> hey, Austin Rivers will make a difference. Yeah, over we'll there. see. In, in, in what? <laughs> in what? We'll, we'll see. Yeah, and uh, the, and then for these next two teams, you know, these were just kind of teams that were. I'm not sure. 
where are they winners or are they losers? Are they just kind of neutral? Are they just kind of floating? And that's OKC and the Rockets. The Thunder have now collected 18 first-round draft picks, 11 second-round <laughs> draft picks, all the way until 2027. And they accumulated just four, fir- four first-round picks and six second-round picks just in the past week during this free agency period. So the question is, what does this even do for this team? Uh, that's why I put them in this not-sure category, because I think draft picks, while, yes, they have value, they only really have value until they they don't, when you realize that draft picks will just end up being somewhere in the middle of the pack as opposed to being a top-ten pick. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> know. Like, like We've mentioned all of these picks before, and I guess in their mind, I guess they're winners <laughs> because all they wanted to do was tank as hard as possible. It's funny because they probably thought that they were tanking last year, and now they're like, wow, our team was way too good. Let's just get rid of every player for a worse player in draft picks, and then let's try to run it back and try to get the number one pick in the draft next year. Yeah. Uh, which is honestly a better situation because next year's draft is going to be way better than this year's draft. This is a true example of the process, I think, right here, what we're seeing with OKC. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I actually, you know, on paper, if you just look at this as a short term, you know, one or two year, to me, they look like almost the biggest loser. Because, oh, yeah. you know, you're losing their four starters. You're losing, obviously, Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Stephen Adams, and Gallinari. Um, you know, most people would think that's probably not a good thing. Um, and who did they pick up? They pick up Al Horford, Trevor Ariza, and George Hill. So, you know, obviously terrible short term, <laughs> but to your point, tons, tons of, yeah, tons of draft picks, but for the, you know, they could have the worst record in the league next year. I think they're hoping they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It could be NBA. No, they're gonna tell Shea. They're gonna tell Shea to miss the last shot on purpose just so they lose yeah. the game. And then what do we think about the Rockets? They got their All Stars. They lost Robert Covington for basically nothing. They got Christian Wood, <laughs> and then they just got Demarcus Cousins, who might add a layer of optimism here. But this is still a very uh, all over the place roster with with no yeah. sense of direction at this point. It feels right. I mean, I think the direction is, like, when you look at them signing Wood and DeMarcus Cousins, that, to me, tells you that they're trying to build towards a more traditional lineup. Mm-hmm. Like you, you basically signed two big men, which you had zero big men before. So now you actually have two playable guys there, and you have a brand-new coach who doesn't want to play some wacky small ball lineup. So you, you had to, unfortunately, get rid of Covington and, and get something in return out of it. And I think this is just what they had to do to, to appease the new head coach to try to go back to a more traditional format. Yeah, I, I you know, again, looking at this short term, you know, you, you're giving up Covington, you're giving up, you know, a lot of their other kind of role players, Jeff Green, uh, Gerald Green, who I think played really well until he got in trouble there in the bubble. Um, you know, I won't mention Austin losing him. <laughs> Not worth. Um, and you know, they really didn't pick up anything. So maybe this is let's give the ball to Harden and Westbrook and let them take every shot. Um, 
but I don't know if that's going to be effective. Christian Wood is an interesting player. I mean, I, a lot of people uh, are high on him. Yeah, I, I didn't know very much about him, but apparently he's been very effective um, developing at Detroit. You know, we don't get to see a lot of Detroit's games. But I think, you know, he could be a very good value uh, free agent signing um, and could be kind of a coming out for him. He's definitely going to get a lot more um, airtime to, to show his game. So, you know, uh, on paper, again, I, I don't I don't like what they did um, short term. But, um, you know, again, we'll, we'll see. I, I think it's really going to put even more pressure on Harden and Westbrook, and then you keep hearing rumors about Westbrook, and so I think it's a, it's a little chaotic over there, and um, I'm not liking what I'm seeing over here. Yeah, it's going to be a little little muddy once the season gets started and see what this team pulls together. But let's go through this this list. So I have these list this list of guys or teams as not a big deal, but you know we could we could we could disagree here. Got Utah, Jordan Clarkson coming back, and Derek Favors rejoining the Utah Jazz. You guys say big deal or forgetful here? <laughs> uh, forgetful, <laughs> man. They did literally nothing. They, they made their team even more what it was two <laughs> years ago. They took a step backwards. They brought Derek Favors back for three years, thirty they missed million. The man, yeah, I don't see where the the. I don't see where the Derek favors, you know, moves anything an inch. They're just, they have no guts. They're just like, this is what we're going to do. I I, I do think Jordan Clarkson was a very good fit for Utah in his role. Um, Whether, you know, I think four years, $52 million. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he did very well. And I I think, you know, coming over to Utah from Cleveland was just the best thing that could ever happen to him. So, you know, I I think he had a, a very good start with the Lakers kind of went downhill a little bit but i think he's found a home in utah so that's okay great. what about pelican steven adams steven adams leaving uh oklahoma city one of the the lasting players and characters of oklahoma city is now in new orleans and he's even yeah. signed an extension there big deal of forgetful that's i mean it's sad to see him go from the thunder i mean he's such an iconic thunder yeah. player uh, it's a great great ad for the pelicans uh, he's just a tough dude and underneath he's gonna bully anybody down low uh i think i think he's a solid pickup um i don't really know if it gets them that many more wins yeah. though and now you're rolling with zion and steven adams and your starting lineup that's not a lot of floor spacing mm-hmm. yeah i mean you know what you're gonna get with steven adams he's uh plays hard grind it out yeah. but i i just you know he doesn't seem to be a guy, you know, at least for the last couple of years, it's kind of moved the needle up on himself. Um, he's very well paid. Um, he does a lot of good things, but I just, like Sean, I don't know if he adds any wins. Yeah. He'll be fun to watch. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just like seeing him on a different team. It'll be fun. To yeah. Watch. And this is one I know that is dear to you, Sean. The Clippers. No. Replacing Montrez with Serge Ibaka. Big deal or forget. Oh. How did you put this in the not a big deal <laughs> section? This is The Clippers are huge losers. Huge losers in free agency. Marcus Morris losing the sixth man of the year. I mean, Ibaka's nice, okay? I'll, I'll give you that. Ibaka is a nice player. That's all you did. You signed Marcus Morris. I mean, Luke Kennard. Oh, he's slightly better, Landry Shamit. Whatever, dude. I don't care about Luke Kennard that much. This is such a loss for the Clippers. They got the gap widened on them so much by the Lakers. Like, they completely lost the arms race. Last year was their year to be like, hey, we're equals in LA. 
And what happened? The Lakers stomped them into the ground. They didn't even get the chance to stomp them <laughs> into the ground, but they would have. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And then this is what you get. This is what you get. You're second in LA yeah. again. You get you get the scraps. The funny thing here is I was really excited at the thought that the Lakers would get Ibaka, not knowing that Montrez was even in, in the hands. Yeah. And now, <laughs> yeah, right. instead we get Montrez. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, everything that's happened with the Clippers from, you know, the start of that, uh, you know, the end of the bubble series um, has just been a catastrophe. Oh, man. So. And now you hear that they're thinking of trading Lou Williams. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is going on? Yeah. We, we so, gave up. It all. Yeah, it, it's pretty sad. It's pretty because I, I really think for a number of years, I mean, even looking last year getting uh, yeah. Leonard and, and George. um They've done some great things in the off season, and this is like a complete reversal of yeah. you know. I agree with Sean. I mean, none of this makes any sense. Um, so I, yeah, huge I, deal, yeah. huge deal. <laughs> and I think here to to round out the not a big deal section, I think I think we're in agreement here. Minnesota <laughs> brings back Ricky Rubio. Yeah. Okay. Memphis Ooh. Grizzlies <laughs> does nothing but add super, former Super Mario, but uh, also known as Mario Pinoza. <laughs> Man, what what like Dude, a this move. is this is sad for Memphis. <laughs> this is not a team that has like huge contracts that's like holding them back from signing players, right? And this is a team that almost made the playoffs with a super young, promising roster headed by John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. All these Western Conference teams making moves to move up, and they had Mario Hazonia <laughs> as their only addition. What? What? <laughs> are you? Were you asleep the whole week? Were you? Uh, are you hung over the whole week? Like, what are you doing, Memphis GM? I don't even know who it is, but they they were hung over. They were asleep. Something something bad happened to them. They didn't do anything. <laughs> Yeah, bad day, bad day to not not show up to the office. And I mean, my question is, can we please move Memphis Grizzlies to Seattle anytime soon, please? <laughs> <laughs> the Clippers are moving there first. Yeah, especially you know with Memphis, although they they had a great year up until they went into the bubble last year, they definitely overachieved. I remember, um, I think uh, we went to a game with Memphis where they just killed the Clippers, mm -hmm. and they continued to play very well. So they, you know, with with Jay Durant, uh, Morant, and all that, they they really look good. And then you know, obviously, once they got in the bubble, they fell apart, and then it's just continuing here where they're really not doing anything. For a team that you know they need to make that step up to make themselves a legitimate playoff team, and they really haven't done it anything as as you've noted. So these are the top three contracts that Memphis is paying out right now: Gorgie Day, oh yeah, seventeen million; <laughs> Jonas Valanciunas, okay, fifteen million; Justice Winslow, thirteen million. <sighs> How the heck did Justice Winslow get a thirteen million dollar contract? <laughs> Yeah. Pat Riley, I think. I think that's from Miami. Oh. The Gorgie Dane contract is Big ridiculous oof. that that's still going. That was like a 2016 contract, I think. Yep. Um, yeah, they have to get out of some of this money for next year because this year they're not a playoff team at all. Yeah. I'm sorry. You did not make any positive moves. Yeah, I mean, essentially the, the two teams that were they were in competition with, the Suns and the Blazers, just made significant upgrades. So they are yep. pushed out. Right. Yep. So, yep. They're done. Yeah. So now let's let you know. Now let's move over to the players because there are some players that won out in free agency, and we got our nominees here: Gordon Hayward, Jeremy Grant, Marcus Morris, Fred Van Fleet, and of course we got 
the three-point shooters in Davis Bertans, Joe Harris, Gallinari, Bogdanovic, and and the max extension guys. But, you know, we'll exclude the max extension guys from this category. But, I mean, out of this group of guys, who do you who do you guys see as, like, the biggest bulldog, the biggest winner who walked out with the, the, the bag, really? So I'm going to give it a two-way tie. All right. Oh, no, three-way tie. Three-way tie between Gordon Hayward, Marcus Morris, <laughs> and Davis Bertans. <laughs> so I know I'm, I'm a fan of Davis Bertans, and this is well-known mm-hmm. on the podcast. And, and Alan, you, you are not sharing of my feelings. And Washington is apparently favoring my end of it, but I didn't think that this was going to go that extreme. <laughs> $80 million for this man, multi-year deal. This this guy got paid yep. for what is essentially he is just a Duncan Robinson three-pointer. <laughs> yeah, and I... No, I think that's a disservice to Duncan is Robinson. It, is, oh, okay, yeah. So Davis Proton's not even in that uh, same... Duncan Robinson, <laughs> I think, is much has many more dimensions. I, I, I feel like y- you guys are just not seeing enough Davis Proton's. Probably not. I think he's a decent player. Do I think he's worth this much? No, but also none of these other three-point shooters, I wouldn't give any of them that contract in in another year. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously when we first saw the Gordon Hayward deal, I think he actually has the potential to maybe work out to some degree. Again, if he can come back to his old thing, he's going to be kind of the leader of that team. I think there's some legitimacy that, you know, if he can stay healthy and all that, I think – while it's a huge amount of money, he might he might warrant it. Marcus Morris, <laughs> Marcus to Morris. me, is one of the worst. Uh, uh, you know, shocked me. It's so, shocking. Uh, four years, sixty four million for a guy. You know, when I first saw the deal, um, kind of a, a day a day uh, after where he got uh, the contract after Montrez Harrell, I go, shouldn't this be reversed? Montrez Harrell should get the four years, sixty-four million, and Marcus Moore should actually just be. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I, I agree. The other thing that that makes this so uh, incredible is Markeith Morris signed with the Lakers for the veteran minimum of two point three million. 2.3? I've 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 done a lot of reading over the last week. It's a coin flip. Of who's yeah, considered the, the better player. <laughs> you know, maybe Marcus is slightly better offensively. Marquise slightly better defensive. But it's a coin flip. The amount of points that they've scored. This is a good, maybe a good trivia question. In the years they've been in the league, um, I think uh, Marcus is 22 points ahead. 7,924. <laughs> and Marquise is 7,920. So... To me, his it's it's got to be embarrassing to Markeith that he only signed for two point three. So to me, that's the the worst one um, out of all of them. But they're all they're all pretty pretty. Yeah, I, I love the explanation you guys gave. The Davis Bertans versus Joe <laughs> Harris, Sean. We we discussed that for quite some time, and and the, the 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 league has shown that Davis Bertans is the most valued player at versus you know in comparison to Joe Harris. We we thought twenty million that they could touch that. But it would be pretty extreme if they did. And here we are. They are. <laughs> I mean, Davis Bertans is there. 
and Joe Harris is just a couple couple dollars at that at this point with his four year seventy five million deal. Yeah, but hey, they, yeah, neither of them are upset with their deals. I mean, Fred Van Fleet yeah. included. I mean, they all got the back. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Harris though. I got to I got to say, you know, we got to see quite a bit of Brooklyn. They played very well, you know, at the end in the bubble there and he was really a terrific player. Certainly, you know, more of a three-point shooter and you know, he won the three-point shooting contest, I believe. But I really like his game. Um, you know, it's a, it's a nice contract. Is he worth that much? Probably not, but I really like his game. Yeah, well, and shout out to shout out to De'Aaron Fox. For getting a max extension and not being an yes, all-star. Yes, I was about to. Or even part of All-Star Weekend or anything. I wanted... That is desperation. Yes, and I, there's a reason why I excluded that uh, out of its own. Because, oh, because okay. I think we all probably would have agreed <laughs> that De'Aaron Fox is crazy. So, I mean, why not? Let's just go into <laughs> that. That category, the group of kids who got their extensions. Donovan Mitchell, Ingram, Jason Tatum, Bam Adebayo, and De'Aaron Fox. Who's I think we already know who who who's the least deserving of this? Who's the I mean probably least deserving also big surprise out of this whole bunch here. Yeah, the Air Fox. Yeah, it's the Kings yeah. are in such a bad situation where it's like no one wants to go there in free agency. They don't even want to keep the guys on that are restricted free agents like Bogdanovich. And so it's like, well, you gotta hope De'Aaron Fox really transcends because he's gotta hit like at least two more levels to get up to where Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell are right now. To pay this guy the max money, that is just that shows how desperate they are to cling to any talent they have. Yeah, I think obviously, you know, Donovan Mitchell, the way he's brought his game as well as Jason Tatum, they're probably right they there. They deserve it, yeah. Uh, you know, Brandon Ingram, he's certainly come a long way. I think it's still a little bit on a heavy side in terms of the contract <laughs> for him. And, and same with Bam at, at a Bayou, very, you know, similar with Brent, very good player. But I, other than uh, Mitchell and Tatum, I don't think the others, especially obviously De'Aaron Fox, uh, doesn't warn that kind of money, but. Hey, they can get it. Great. Yeah, I I am stunned by the De'Aaron Fox contract. It almost felt like it didn't have to happen this soon. I mean, I think you could have given the guy another another year to test run and see see how he does. But for it to already happen, it's it was a pretty surprising. Ingram as well. Um, I think he put together a good year, but I was surprised to get this. And Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, Myers has been performing at this level for already the last two years. So oh, yeah. And it really, I think it came down to that playoff performance against the Nuggets, too. That sealed the deal mm-hmm. for him. Like, he is a superstar. Yeah, I mean, he had a little bit of, a, I think, what's called the sophomore jinx. Yeah, um, yeah. But, boy, since then, and Oof. especially, you know, last year in the playoffs, just, you know, phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, most deserving. Ingram and Bam I'm, I are, you know, a little questionable. De'Aaron Fox... I'm blown away that that the deal was offered yeah. and given. <laughs> Good know? for yeah. him, man. Good for him. Get your money. Yeah. Kid. So on the other side, there's winners and there's always losers. Who are the player losers of of NBA free agency? We got Montrezl Harrell, Marky <laughs> Morris again, Trevor Reza, and Marquee. Julius Randle. Uh, I, I'm gonna go with uh, Trevor Reza for the inconsistency and in where the hell he was going I like this to be in the, next, in the next year. In less than a week, Arisa has been traded to four different teams. This man has just been thrown around. I did around. not know it was that many. Yeah. Oh my gosh, who is he on even right now? I don't even That's know. what I'm. I think he's on OKC. 
he's on OKC. He's, he's stuck on OKC yeah, now. Yeah, he's on the OKC <laughs> roster. Of course he ended up there. Uh, so wow. I got him down as one of the biggest losers of this free agency week. Is that a record? <laughs> that has to be a record I think, of some uh, sort. Being traded four times in less than a week? Yeah. I, yeah, it says uh, Trevor Rizzo with Oklahoma. It was Portland via Houston via Detroit. Okay, so yeah, so he started on Portland, was traded to Houston, then traded to Detroit, then traded to OKC. Yeah, wow, what a journey! What a journey! Who do you got? That yeah, I, that's a big loser. I'm gonna have to. Man, these are all good. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we need to at least. I Montrez and Marquise kind of explain themselves, but for Julius Randle, for the Knicks to draft Obi Toppin in the draft. And they don't really do anything with Randall. Yeah. It's like, is Randall now going to end up just being a bench player and lose his starting role on this team, which is going to still suck because they drafted basically the same exact position that Randall plays. So uh, an athletic power forward. So I don't know. I, I think Julius Randall definitely gets a nod here, but I got to give it to Marquise <laughs> Morris. You took $62 million less than your brother, who you're equally as good as. <laughs> right. Just to play for the Lakers, man. I mean, I, I guess maybe there's some sort of integrity and in like, oh, I don't care about the money. I just want to play for the team I like. Is it worth $62 million to not play for the team you like? I don't know. Yeah, that's got to be tough for him to stomach. Dude, I, I imagine that you. Thanksgiving dinner right now. <laughs> Marcus Morris would be like, hey, I'm paying for everything. <laughs> he's, he's, he's paying for his brother for the rest of his life for whatever he wants because, you know. Uh, he's going to rub it in his face too. But, you know, back on, you know, just to mention one thing, um, you know, the, the Knicks getting, uh, what's his name? Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin. I got to tell you, this guy I think is going to be a eye opener. He's like got him. tremendous energy. He he's a New York guy. He was born in Brooklyn. Um, tremendous athleticism. Um, I think and I, I was saying I'm not sure if it's going to be insanity, but God, I hope the Knicks get something. I mean, it, it, they've been such a dreadful. You know, <laughs> this ki- this kid I think can be a real you know showstopper. I, I don't you know is is he good enough to do it? I don't know, but I, I'm thinking good things are going to happen with him in there. Um, certainly a conflict with Randall, but uh, I'm sure they'll find room for both of them. Yeah, I like Obi Tobin. I I am a big fan as well. Uh, I love the Marquise Morris angle. It's <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. sad. But, uh, you know, final thoughts to close on, to close the podcast out. I think there is another, I hate calling this guy a loser, but uh, but he's just sort of like <laughs> a gift that kid that keeps giving. We all remember Narland's Noel, you know, this guy coming in. <laughs> he was offered a four-year, $70 million contract from the Dallas Mavericks, and he turned Aww. that down. This free agency, he just agreed to a one-year, $5 million with the Knicks. Obviously a far cry from that $70 million he was offered. At this point, if we include this new deal, his league earnings are at a total of $27 million. <laughs> oh, man. Marlon's Noel. Uh, I mean... That is brutal. Bet on yourself, right? But I think you got to bet on yourself within reason. Not every- <laughs> 
Within reason, well, yeah. I, I guess the moral of that story is sometimes you just got to take the big money if someone's doing it. <laughs> I know. That is big money for a center. Four years, 70 million. Yeah. You could have gotten that, Yeah, man. and I think cool. every free agency, I'm going to keep a little tracker to see how long it's going to take for Nolan's Noel to hit the $70 million mark. <laughs> He's never going to hit it. No way. He's never going to hit He'll it. Never hit not it, at yeah. this point, no. Not taking one year, $5 He'll, million. He'll be deals. lucky to be in the league. In other oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's about 26, so yeah, we were, we were going to have to see him for many years yeah. in this league to hit 70 million. But anyways, thanks for jumping on the podcast, Daryl. You know, anytime you're welcome. Look, appreciate the insight. Um, thanks, guys. I really enjoyed it. Fun yeah. as always. Love having yeah. you. Yeah, and thanks everybody, and have a have a happy Thanksgiving if you're listening to this podcast before, uh, but after. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving, and thanks for tuning in. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everybody. Bye bye.